Hey, this is Tanner Sherlock. I'm the pastor at Shadow State Chi Alpha. And this is our podcast where our mission is to make disciples who then make disciples. Be sure and subscribe so you can get our content every time we post. And I pray that this message blesses you today. God bless. So every year, this time of year, there's, uh, I give this basically the same sermon, the same, it's a short sermon because I want to, to, to show you guys that, you know, the, the time um, that you dedicate to this, it's not going to last all night. Um, so we kind of keep it short, but I think it is one of the more important sermons that I share. And this applies both to you guys that are graduating as well as those of you guys who are even staying here in Shadron for the year. Um, this sermon is, is very similar to the same sermon I give every single year at this time. And I like to warn you guys of statistics. I like statistics. I also hate statistics because they can be manipulated. But the fact is, when it comes down to it, uh, every year, statistically, a large portion of Christians in college, those who have completed their freshman year, whatever year it is, during the summer, they will walk away from their faith. And it's a staggering percentage based off of the statistics. I'm not going to give those statistics, but just know that it is a really large percentage. It's close to 50%. Um, I didn't look up the exact percentage that is the most frequent, but the last time that I did this sermon last year, the statistic was just a little under 50% of people will walk away from their faith during the summer while they're in college. And so the percentage is really high. And so how do we combat that percentage? How do we combat the amount of people who walk away from their faith during the summer? What happens? What goes on? And so I kind of like to look at it and kind of try to figure out how can we prevent that as well as equip you guys so that that's not very likely to happen. And so that's what tonight is about because I don't want you guys to be a part of that statistic. I want you guys to be a part of the statistic that shows that when summer came, you came back stronger. Or at the very least, you came back the same way as I left you. But unfortunately, that's not really possible. You can't really come back the same way. And when it comes down to it, summertime is a time where you like to focus on making money. Most of you guys probably, I think I've talked to a bulk of you guys, and this summer you already have plans in play of how you're going to make some money. The summer for a college student is a very important time to make money. Because for some of you guys, like Porter, during the season, you're not going to be able to work. So during the summer, making that money is really important. And we tend to prioritize making money number one throughout our summer. As important as making money is, I can tell you as a a long ago graduated college student that when I look back at my summers, I don't remember the money I made. I don't remember the, the impact the money did or didn't make on my life. I don't remember any of the stuff when it comes. I remember what jobs I had, but the money wasn't really an impact. And I I want to encourage you guys and I want to urge you guys to remember that there's always going to be room to make more money. Our priorities in life, no matter whether you're a college student or a graduate, whether you're 50 years old or you're 19, money should never be our number one priority in our life, ever. Because when it comes down to it, when we die, we can't bring what we earned in this life to the next. And so the money that we, li- that we earn is going to fall away. It's going to end when we die. I can tell you if my dad just passed away last year and my dad worked his butt off his entire life to ensure that he had money. He made over six figures um, 
sometimes over $200,000 per year, trying to make more money. And everything he did revolved around money. And when he died, that money just disappeared. And it isn't even being left with us kids. Because at the end of his life, bad health, poor health, basically took all of that money away and it didn't make any difference anyway. And so I guarantee if my dad looked back on his life, he wouldn't look back on it and go, man, I wish I would have made more money to leave my kids. He would have looked back and he would have said, I wish I would have spent more time with my family rather than working. I wish I would have spent more time with the people that I loved, doing the things that I loved, my friends, my family. I wish I would have looked back and I wish I would have spent more time on those things and less time worrying about making more money. Now, unfortunately, money is a necessary, I mean, money in itself isn't evil, but it is a necessary factor into our lives. We have to make money because the way that our world and our society revolves around money, it is absolutely essential. We have to earn money. And so I'm not saying just go, you know what, I'm just going to live on prayers and not going to eat any food or whatever. No, get a job, do that, but don't make it your number one priority. And I know that summer seems short. It's only three months. So my thought process, even when I was a college student, I was in Chi Alpha. My thought process was I'm going to go, I'm going to make as much money as possible. And I'm going to come back to Chi Alpha. And I'm going to come back in the exact same state I was in. I'm going to be fine. No worries. I'm going to make as much money as possible. The problem with that thought process is that if we're not progressing, we're regressing. And I'll touch on that a little bit later. But So in order for me to make more money, in order for me to have multiple jobs and work 80 hours per week, I didn't have time for friends. I didn't have time for God. I didn't have time for my family. I didn't have time for anything that was really actually important to me. All I had time was to make money. And yeah, I made some money, but I can tell you there's not a penny of that money I earned that summer still in my life. There's not a penny of that left over. But for the summers that I did spend time with my family and the summers that I did spend time with my friends and the summers that I did spend time with God, all of those things are still a part of my life. And so the less that we prioritize money in our life, the better. And so if you guys want to turn to your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Timothy 6, starting at verse 8. I did not make a slideshow. Um, I just didn't feel like it. I wish I had a really good excuse, like I was horribly busy today or something, but like... I just didn't do it. <laughs> so my apologies. First Timothy six men's group. We just finished in first Timothy and, uh, the scripture it's, it's so timely cause it's, it's not only timely to, um, to you guys as you get ready to hit the summer, but it was a perfect end cap for our men's group too. first Timothy six, starting at verse eight. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, I do want to focus on that really quick. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. Or all kinds of evil, not all evil. It's the love of money, not not money in and of itself. If all of a sudden I was like, Porter, here's $10 million. Him getting $10 million from me is not evil. It's not an evil in his life. But when we begin to prioritize that money and begin to love that money and put it over everything else, that's when it can become evil. So the love of money, verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 
is exactly what I'm talking about tonight. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from faith and pierced themselves for many griefs. Three months seems like a short period of time, but a love for money and and an eagerness for money, even in a period as short as three months, can still cause us to wander away from our faith, and it can cause a lot of grief in our lives. So continue verse 11. Final charge to you, Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge to you, to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to be to him be honor and might forever. Amen. In verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of this life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have departed from the face. Faith. Grace be to you all. In order to take this scripture and apply it into our lives, we have to recognize something very important about this. The amount of action and then consequence that exists in the scripture is really high. So so basically Paul is saying, do this and then this will happen. If you don't do this, this will happen. It's very much cause and effect. It's, it's the state of mind that he's wanting Timothy to be in. So he's saying, Timothy, don't put money above everything else. Do the good things. Actually, make the things important in your life that are actually important. Make Christ number one. And so my charge to you, and I'm taking away, I'm no longer in Paul's word. My charge to you is make Christ number one. Make friends, family, colleagues, people number two. And then make number three, four, five, whatever, how far down the list it needs to be, make that then be money. Because we can reduce money down to a level where the importance of it, it's still a priority. It still has a place in our life, but we put it far enough down that it isn't the end-all, be-all of everything in our lives. And that's what we kind of see Paul saying here too. He's basically saying, do this, do this. He's saying... In order for us to make that happen, so what what Paul is telling Timothy, in order for Timothy to not make money a priority, so it would be the same for you guys. So in order for money to not be a priority for you, this is the list of what he says. Flee from unhealthy interests. Making a ton of money is an unhealthy interest. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. It's an action. He's saying you have to actively pursue your faith. Your faith isn't just going to happen by itself. That's the thing about our faith. Our faith doesn't just happen on its own. We don't just go about our lives and go, yeah, I'm building my faith. It's an action. We have to pursue righteousness. We have to pursue godliness. We have to pursue faith. And we have to pursue love. 
We have to actually pursue those things. Fight the good fight. Take hold of eternal life. Keep this command. Command others to put their hope in God and not in riches. Guard what has been entrusted to you. What has been entrusted to you? The good news of Jesus Christ. So they're saying actively guard that in your life. Turn away from godless chatter. So we're going to look at time. Okay? So three months. Someone's alarm's going off on their phone. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Not now, Grandma. So time. So three months. Seems like it's going to be here quick. And I know I always hated it when people would start to break down time a little bit at the end of the year. Because then you're going, holy crap, I only have three months to like work. I only have three months to not be taking classes. I only have three months. I get that. It seems really small. But I'm going to break it down anyway. So you have a little over 100 days, 108 days to be exact from the end of this semester. So you have 108 days between the end of the semester to the beginning of the, sem the next semester, the next school year. In that time, there's 2,544 hours. There's 152,640 minutes until school starts in the fall. There is 9,158,400 seconds until school starts in the fall. So a little over 9 million seconds. And so I can tell you, you know, I mean, even in this point in your life, you know how dramatically life can change in a matter of minutes. That's a lot of minutes for your life to change. That's a lot of minutes for you to do some real dumb things. But that's also a lot of minutes for you to do some awesome stuff. Some really cool stuff. Some stuff that's actually going to grow you. And so a lot can change in this summer. 108 days, it both seems like a giant number because it's like, wow, that's, a, that's over 100 days that you have until school begins in the fall. But at the same time, it also feels like, wow, only 100 days until school begins in the fall. It's that that depending on which way in the moment you're feeling, it either seems like a big number or a small number. But that's a lot of time. It really is a lot of time. And so I want to go back to a statement I made earlier. In our faith, in our relationship with Jesus, we are either progressing or regressing. There is no such thing as standing still. I really definitively don't believe it. Those of you guys that are athletes, if you all of a sudden took three months off, didn't do anything athletic, ate whatever you wanted, didn't pursue your sport whatsoever, and somebody identical to you next to you did the exact opposite, and they were intentional about their sport. They took it very seriously. They watched what they ate, and they practiced as much as they possibly could. And you came back in the fall. Which one of you is going to be in the better position? Obviously, the person who took it seriously. But that's the thing. If you're not taking it seriously, you're actually regressing. So muscle mass, so if, if you can bench 200 pounds today because you work out five days a week and you work out and you do bench twice a week and you just stop benching, you're not going to stay at 200 pound bench. You're going to slowly decrease. Our faith, our, our faith is almost like a muscle in that same sense. When we aren't practicing, when we aren't taking it intentional, when we aren't trying to progress, that muscle gets weak and we slowly begin to decline in our faith. It becomes harder and harder to, uh, to rest in Jesus. It becomes easier and easier to look at the world and worry and stress and be full of anxiety. The less we work out that faith muscle, 
the harder it is for us to sit in grace, in God's grace, and to be content in that. Because we either intentionally grow closer to Jesus or we unintentionally grow distant from Jesus. So in those 106 days, we can either intentionally grow closer to Jesus or we can unintentionally grow distant to him. It really is that simple. It's not, I'm not trying to oversimplify it to a point that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It really is that simple. Throughout this summer, you are either going to intentionally grow closer to Jesus or you're going to unintentionally grow distant from him. Because we know your heart isn't to purposely grow away from your faith. Your heart isn't to grow away slowly from your faith. Your heart isn't to turn your back on Jesus. But if we're not intentional in growing closer to Christ, we are unintentionally growing distant from Him. And I see it every year, every single year. I see it. We, we end the school year for the semester. There's always someone who just didn't want to take it seriously. And it sucks because that someone is important. That someone is important to Jesus. That someone is important to us. And then when the fall comes around, it's not that they screwed up. That's the problem. It's the fact that they think because they screwed up that they now can no longer come back to Chi Alpha. Or it's because they, they screwed up that they think that I'm going to be mad at them and be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did this and I'm going to kick you out of Chi Alpha. No. Your intentionality is important, but just so you guys know, I, I want to make a small little sentence here in that even if you do screw up, even if you do fall away from your faith a bit throughout the summer, don't come next semester and then block me on social media and delete us from your life because you fell away from your faith and you regret it and you feel embarrassed about it. Like it happens. It happened to me. I'm a pastor. And I'm telling you in college, there was a summer where I fell away and, and I stopped going to church as much. And I, I decreased in my faith in Christ. I grew distant from Jesus in that time. But when I came back, I came back to Chi Alpha. I was intentional about my faith again. I was able to regrow that muscle again. And so in the fall, if you do, and I'm just saying, if you do, I just want you to hear these words. And I hope that in the fall, for some reason, you can remember them, that I'm not going to be mad at you. Nobody in here is going to be mad at you. We're just going to be happy to see you one way or the other. And so let's get to a little bit of practical. So what can you do to intentionally grow in your faith throughout the summer? The first thing is, and I'm just going to stress this hardcore, is find a good church. I know some of you guys had a home church. And if you have a great church that you can go back to where your hometown is, Awesome. Go to that church. But some of you guys came here and you finally figured out what like Christianity really is and really looks like. Don't just go back to your old church because it's familiar. Find a good church. Find a church where people are actually going to love you, where people are actually going to take your faith seriously. People are actually going to stretch you and grow you and people are actually going to challenge you in your faith and help you to grow. Don't just go back to a stagnant church because it's familiar. Find a good church. Find the church that, that God is directing you to. And now for some of you guys, that home church is going to do that. And that's awesome. Go back to your home church. Go back to your home church. If your home church is a healthy church and it's going to grow, you go back to your home church. But seriously, if your home church, if, if like when you came to Chi Alpha, you really finally discovered who Jesus is and like your home church was not that, it's okay to find a different church. 
You don't owe that church your soul. You don't owe Chi Alpha your soul. Find a church that's going to help grow you in your relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. And that's really what we hope is Chi Alpha for you. We hope that we can help grow you closer to Jesus. And a good, healthy church is going to make that their number one desire. So find a good church to be a part of this summer. Second thing is get involved in that church. If that church has a prayer and praise night, go to prayer and praise night. If it has small groups, go to small group. If it has Bible studies, go to Bible studies. Do something. Get involved in your church beyond just attending on a Sunday morning, ducking in very late and leaving really early so you don't have to talk to people. Like That's not what it's about. Church is about the relationships. It's about the fellowship. It's about the relationships. So get involved with your church. And if you can't find a church, I know I don't know if any of you guys are from this, but some small towns just simply don't have churches that do a whole lot. If you can't find a healthy church, find something, go to a church, find a church, but do a Bible study with your friends on Zoom or like create a Bible study through friends online that aren't there. Or if they are there, start the Bible study with your friends. Just do something to get involved to challenge you beyond just listening to a sermon because it's awesome. I like to preach sermons. I absolutely love preaching sermons. And when I don't get to preach, there's like a part of me that dies a little bit when I don't get to preach during the summer. I'm not going to lie. I hate summers because I don't get to preach a whole lot. I love preaching. But I'm also knowledgeable enough to say and and I guess humble but I, you don't brag on humility but I can also admit that like my sermons aren't really going to grow you a whole lot they're meant to challenge you they're meant to to cause you to to look in a different direction and look at the path and and try to figure out the path for yourself but really where the meat and the bones of our growth in our relationship with Jesus they really happen in the one-on-one relationship and the small groups That's where the bulk of our growth really occurs. Now, you can get some cool insight into the Bible. I can challenge you. I can inspire you through a sermon. But really, the the depth of growth occurs in the small group and the one-on-one. Now, all of them are important to us in our relationship with Jesus and in our, our process of growing to Jesus. So make sure to include all of them into your summer. But just going to church isn't going to grow you as much as being a part of a small group and having one-on-one discipleship relationships. The next thing to do is pre-set up a reading plan for the Bible. How many of you guys, close your eyes. I just need to know this information. I'm going to take this. Your neighbor's not looking at you. And if I catch you opening your eyes, I'm going to kick you out. Keep your eyes closed. Jack, get out. No, I'm just kidding. Keep your eyes closed, okay? Raise your hand if you have read the entire Bible all the way through. Keep your hand up. Okay. If you guys are bold enough to keep your hands raised, I'm going to ask everybody to open their eyes and look around. Everybody open your eyes. You can look around. So if you felt ashamed because you haven't read through the Bible, don't. But read through the Bible. That's the next charge is set up a reading plan. A lot of times we don't read the Bible a whole lot because we don't come into it with a game plan. If we just think, if you genuinely think that you're going to wake up in the morning, every morning, and you're going to want to read your Bible and not have a plan of action, you're probably only going to do it maybe a tenth of the time. You're really not going to take it seriously. Have a reading plan. Set one up. 
Find one online. Google one. Um, find one in your Bible app. They have tons of them. You can ask me. I can hook you up with one. Ask Courtney. She can hook you up with a reading plan. Come up with a reading plan and challenge yourself a little bit. I can give you a really good one that's, that's perfectly spaced out for the summer. Read through the New Testament this summer. Reading through the New Testament shouldn't take you, uh, shouldn't be too horribly hard for you to read throughout the summer. It really doesn't take that long to read through the entire New Testament. So if you've never read through the entire New Testament, your reading plan for this summer, I'm just going to go ahead and set it up for you. Your reading plan is to read through the New Testament this summer. If you want a little bit more of a challenge, which is about where you probably could be uh, pretty easily as long as you take it seriously, add in Psalms and Proverbs. And so read through the New Testament, and then each day read a number of Psalms and read a number of Proverbs to go along with the New Testament. And you can bite that off. And you can understand it and you can read it at a level like that's you're not taking in so much you don't comprehend it. That's a small enough level. I want to say in order for you to read the New Testament in the summer, you only have to read like three chapters per day. Three chapters takes me about two minutes to read per day of the New Testament. So it really doesn't take that much time. And then last I talked about it is setting up one-on-ones. Find someone, find a mentor through your church, through here. Uh, Even if they have to be Zoom one-on-ones, meet one-on-one with somebody who can teach you something about the Bible and try to do it weekly by weekly. Find a mentor at your church. Find someone who can do one-on-ones with you. And so I know that all that sounds like a lot. It really does. Like I just listed on, I'm going to go through it again. So maybe if my thing doesn't freeze, find a church, go to church every week. Get involved in your church. Go to prayer and praise nights. Go to small groups. Go to the Bible studies. Set up a reading plan. Actually take the reading plan intentionally. Set up one-on-ones with a mentor. Finding a Bible study or starting a Bible study to go through every week. That sounds like a lot. That seems like a lot. But I'm going to break it down as we broke down what the summer looks like. If you did everything that I just listed, every single one of them, and you took it seriously and you did it to the T, you would spend almost exactly 100 hours this entire summer getting closer to Jesus. That's it. 100 out of 2,544 hours. If you did everything I just listed and you did it every single week, you would spend 100 out of 2,544 hours this summer getting closer to Jesus. That's not even a tenth. That's not even a tithe of your time to getting closer to Jesus. I know that it seems like a lot when I list it all out, but in reality, it is less than 4% of your entire summer. I think God deserves 4% of your summer. I think Jesus, for for dying on the cross for our sins, he deserves 4% of our summer. But I will say it this way, you deserve that 4%. Because it it means when you come back in the fall, you'll be at least 4% closer to Jesus. You'll be 4% closer to getting over anxiety. You'll be 4% closer to working through your depression. And it'll be a lot bigger than a 4%, I tell you that. But I'm talking minimum numbers. We're just talking about the base numbers. You're going to be 4% better at handling the hard things in your life. You're going to be 4% better at handling the hardships and being at peace with who you are as a person. You're going to be 4% better at, at... not sinning. You're going to be 4% better at just living your life in a, in, a, in a peaceful way. So much improvement that can happen 
with just spending 4% of your life getting closer to Jesus. Like, realistically, most of you are probably going to spend more time walking into a random room and then standing there trying to figure out why you walked into that room than you would 4% of your summer getting closer to Jesus. Especially Matt. (laughs) Most of you will spend more time than that eating food this summer. Like, not, not talking about cooking food, not talking about the process of making the food. I'm just talking about the moments that there's actually food in your mouth. Food will be in your mouth more than you would spend with God this summer if you did everything that I said, realistically. So why not spend as much time nourishing our soul as we do trying to nourish our body? That's what it really comes down to. But what I'm trying to stress, and I know this is kind of dramatic. I kind of make it dramatic on purpose. It's kind of short. We're ending it quickly. But I just want to stress the importance of going this summer with a game plan. I know this this sermon was kind of all over the place, but really the whole point of it was hopefully you caught something from this. Something that you can tell and you can go, you know what? Tanner was right. Really? That's not that much time. Or maybe just the, the thought of, regressing in your life throughout the summer, or maybe even on the opposite side of it. Maybe this school year, you really didn't take Jesus that seriously. And you know what? This summer, I'm going to make it different. Because this semester, I didn't really take my relationship with Jesus very seriously. And and frankly, I didn't grow in my ability to handle my anxiety. I didn't grow in my ability to deal with depression. I didn't grow in the amount of peace in my life. I didn't grow in the way that I love my neighbor. I didn't grow in forgiving those people who have hurt me and who have caused so much damage in my life. I haven't grown in any of those ways. And this summer, I just want it to be different. It doesn't matter what your reasoning is. I just hope that you take it seriously and you take it and be intentional with your faith this summer. Those of you guys that are graduating, your summer is the rest of your life. Now imagine how quickly things can go off the wall if all you do is worry about how much money you're making. I have quite a few friends and I'm going to get real, real for a moment. There's been, uh, Chi Alpha hasn't always been this small. COVID kind of decimated our numbers. You've heard me share that a lot. But even beyond that, I would say in the nine years, and Matt can correct me if I'm wrong, in the nine years that we've done Chi Alpha, that I've been the director of Chi Alpha at Shiner State, I would say we've had over 400 students um, that have graced our presence. Now, each and every single one of those 400 students genuinely thought they wouldn't fall away from their faith. I can guarantee every single one of them sat in the room, listened to this exact sermon at the end of the year, and genuinely thought, yeah, but I love Jesus too much. Or thought, that can't happen to me. But I can tell you of those 400 students, I would say probably a quarter of them in their careers have begun to focus so much on money that they no longer have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And that that quarter of the people, so if you can imagine a quarter of this room, how many people are in here? Nine students. So including staff, that'd be what? Two? Three of you guys? So imagine three people. Look around. Look Look at each other in the eye. Make it as awkward as possible. 
More than just one person, Jack. Look at everybody in the eye. <laughs> I genuinely can't picture any of you guys walking away from your faith. But yet, statistically, if you guys don't take it seriously, two or three of you will. And I kind of come hard and serious on that fact because I don't like to jump into scare tactics. You guys know me. You've heard me preach. You've heard the way I share. I preach truth and I try to preach his love as much possible. We don't get into the fire and brimstone in this room as much as I can possibly avoid it. There's going to be some fire, but... I try not to be too dramatic and too serious about like the negative aspects of our faith a whole lot because I think that if we focus on the negative too much, we begin to think about the negative too much. And so I, I come kind of negative in this, not in hopes that you'll focus on the negative, but in hopes that you will take it seriously enough that you'll focus on the positive. Focusing on the positive is growing in your relationship with Jesus. Focusing on the positive is you're going to come back stronger than you left. Coming back with less anxiety in your life, less depression in your life, more love in your life, better relationships. You're going to meet some people that are going to become your best friends next fall. Like, I want you to take it seriously. So let's pray. Lord, uh, I thank you for each and every one of these students. I know this isn't the entire Chi Alpha body represented here, but... I'd like to pray for the entire Chi Alpha body. I pray that statistically this year would be the first year that everybody in this room takes these words seriously. I pray that these guys, I pray these guys prove me wrong. I know Jack wants to prove me wrong because he lives for that. I pray that everybody else would take this as seriously as Jack takes Aaron Rodgers. I pray that every single student in here would take their path with you this summer seriously to do more. Even if they don't want to do everything I listed out, Lord, I pray that this summer would be the moment where they tried to do at least one thing more. If they spend five minutes a day in prayer, I pray that this summer they would challenge themselves to do 10. If they read one chapter of the Bible a day, I pray that this summer they would challenge themselves to do two. If they go to church once a month, I pray that they would at least challenge themselves to go every other week. I pray that every student in here could think of one thing that they could do in order to grow in their faith this summer. At the very least... And at the most, I pray for radical transformation of these guys' relationship with you, Jesus. I pray that they would fall in love with you all over again. Holy Spirit, that your presence would be intense in their life. That they could hear your voice clearly. And they would come back in the fall absolutely on fire. That they would know you just that much more. And through knowing you that much more, would love you that much more would love their neighbor that much more. But I thank you for each and every one of these guys and the the students that are graduating, the students that aren't returning to Shadron. Lord, I pray for your direction in their life. I know we already prayed for them. We laid hands. But Lord, I pray that you would show them the next step in their lives and that they could follow it as seriously as they followed you while they were here in college. And we thank you for the blessing that each one of these students are in our lives. We pray that, Lord, that you would protect them against any attacks from the enemy, any attempts from the enemy in order to to remove them from Chi Alpha, to remove them from your 
remove them from having a close relationship with you. I pray that you would protect each and every single one of them. And also I pray that you would protect them from themselves. Lord, that you would guard them against any self-destructive behaviors this summer, just as seriously as you would guard them from any attacks from the enemy. Lord, we thank you for these students and just pray throughout finals week that you would give them abundant time to study, that the time that they dedicated to even coming here tonight, that you would return to them so that they can um, study adequately. I pray that you would give them the mental capacity to take their studying seriously. I pray that you would give them time management, Lord, that they've never even seen before. Lord, the, the kind of time management that just helps them to get things done so that they can get really good grades. Lord, we give these students over to you for your will to be done in their lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So, with the, the seriousness out of the way, um, I just wanted to say that any of you guys, honestly, this summer, if you're staying in Shattern, hit me up. Let's hang out. Let's eat some food together this summer. There's a lot less students, and so things are a little cha less chaotic. Um, my schedule availability changes a lot during the summer because I travel around to churches and stuff like that on the weekends. But um, but seriously, both Courtney and I, if you're sticking around in Shadron, hit us up. And I want to put it this way. I know a lot of people say, if you need us, hit us up. I want to say it this way. like We want you to get in touch with us. Not just when things go crappy, but just to, to live life with each other, to get to know you better, to grab a meal with you, to bless you. Like we want you to get in touch with us. So if you're staying around Shattering, you're going to come back to Shattering, get in touch with us. We want you to get in touch with us. We love Kyle, we love college students, we love you guys. So why would we not want you to hit us up when you come or if you're staying here, hit us up regularly to grab meals and stuff. So if you're going to be in Shattering this summer, hit us up. Let's eat some meals together. We do summer Chi Alpha, but it's we just basically prayer walk the campus and we hang out with each other a little bit afterwards. So if you're staying in Shatter and hit us up, but even if you're not, like shoot us a phone call. Hit us up on some Zoom. I know Zoom sucks, but like let's hit each other up on Zoom. Uh, do some FaceTime, something like that. Like we want to, to be a part of your lives, even when you're not in college this summer. And that is another way that you can help your walk with Christ is to intentionally reach out to us, especially, and I don't want to focus on the negative too much, but especially if things are going wrong and raw and dude, like I came from an abusive home, just being real with you. Summer sucked when I went home. I absolutely hated it. I did everything in my power to spend as little amount of time home as I possibly could. And so being able to reach out when I finally gave my life to Christ when I was in college, being able to reach out to my college pastor when things went really crappy so that he could be praying with me, maybe driving up to Shadron to just hang out with him for a night. Like those moments are what kept me sane in the midst of the turmoil. And so I don't know if any of you guys came from a crappy home and your home life just sucks. Like, dude, I get it. Hit us up. Be serious about it. Reach out to us. Reach out to your friends. Don't, don't wait until life gets too crappy to handle anymore. Like be proactive in it. Reach out to us. Make sure there's some positivity positivity in your life. Because sometimes home life suck. And if you got an amazing home life and your parents are Christian and they're gonna inspire you in your walk with Christ, awesome. Take advantage of that. So next week is the end of your barbecue, starts at 5:30. There's gonna be food. Um, just come hang out. 
Um, then uh, tonight, if you're available and you've got the time, we'll do McDonald's Hangout if they're open one more time to end the semester. Um, outside of that, I do want to say, like, seriously, Courtney and I, we genuinely love each and every single one of you guys. And those of you guys that are graduating and are moving away and you're never coming back, like, that was the last sermon of mine you're going to hear unless you subscribe to our podcast and listen to it regularly. No, but seriously, those of you guys that graduated, like, I hope you do know how much Courtney and I really do appreciate and love you guys. And so when I say that we want you to get a hold of us, that doesn't apply to just students who are going away for the summer. Like, if you're graduating, you're leaving, or if you're transferring, I guess I haven't covered people who might be transferring. If you're not coming back to Shadron, like Courtney and I, we still want you in our lives. We still want to keep up with you guys. We still want to be involved in your guys' life, even though it'll take a lot more smaller of a role because we're not your campus pastors anymore. We genuinely love you guys, and we want you to get a hold of us. So give us a phone call every once in a while. Check in. Make sure that we know that you're doing okay because... Sometimes we get to the point where we just forget to make phone calls. It happens. And so we do ask that you guys take it seriously, and, and we want you to get a hold of us. But outside of that, that's all I have for the night. Um, if you're graduating, make sure and hit me up at least one more time for some coffee, maybe next week during finals week. Take a break from your finals. Let's grab some coffee. Courtney would like you to do the same. And that is it. You guys are dismissed. <laughs>